The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today is a, a, a very important show because it's talking about isolation and what you can do about isolation. And we have all been experiencing for several months now this this coronavirus that just hasn't gone away yet. And so many people, like especially single people, single parents, uh, and and others who feel so isolated and lonely. And I was just re- uh, reading this book called 400 Friends and No One to Call, Breaking Through Isolation and Building Community. And it's by Val Walker. And she's joining us this morning all the way from beautiful Massachusetts, where our kids are as well. So let me tell you a little about a little bit about this wonderful lady. Val Walker received her master's in rehabilitation counseling from Virginia Commonwealth University, and she's a rehabilitation consultant and contributing blogger for Psychology Today. She's led support groups for 24 years for people living with chronic illness, grief, and trauma, and she speaks throughout New England on topics including how to comfort people in distress, breaking through isolation, and building support, uh, social support after losses. Her first book, The Art of Comforting, um, came out in 2010, and it won the Nautilus Book Award and was recommended by the Boston Health Commission as a guide for families who were impacted by the terrible Boston Marathon bombing. You can find out more about Val at our website at conflicthealing.com, where we show a JPEG of her new book, The 400 Friends and No One to Call. And also, we link to her website, which is Val, V-A-L, walkerauthor.com. So thank you so much, Val, for joining us this morning. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, this is a great book, and, and, you know, I really love some of the examples that you give and, you know, myths, how to break some of these myths, and lots of really great resources for building community and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, I think it's it's so important, especially with what we've all been going through. I know you and I were talking before about even my daughter feeling really isolated, and she happens to be in your beautiful state. So um, it, it's a it's a tough time, 
But it's always a tough time right now with social media. People seem to be, they're connecting like they've never connected before, but there's so much that's lost, right? That's right. You know, it's a real combination. It's a double-edged sword with social media. In many ways, it has really saved us through the pandemic because I saw on the um the many surveys have showed, like the uh, Gallup poll surveys, yeah, uh-huh. Gallup night surveys, that 74% of Americans have really relied on social media to keep their connections during the virus. I think that's really important. And also 61% in increase of usage. Wow. And WhatsApp has been really hot for folks, TikTok, Spotify, so as much as my book talked about the the pros and the cons of social media, it has really been a help during the virus that many people have relied on social media. And, and overall, it's, it's, you know, I guess we have to count whatever blessings we have. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if it has to happen, at least we've got, I can FaceTime with my kids in, in Massachusetts, right? And, yes. and I can Zoom with friends and I run a little, I facilitate a little spiritual group and I can Zoom with yeah. my clients and Zoom with webinars. So we, like you said, you know, we really are fortunate. If it has to happen, at least we have some way to connect other than just a telephone, right? So that's so right. that's good. Well, I, I think it was great for you for this book because you actually kind of lived through this yourself. I know I, the many people that I've interviewed in the past 15 years who are all authors, you know, what I've noticed about them and even myself with my five books, you know, we learn, we really learn from what we live. I know when I became a victim of identity theft, I ended up writing on how to resolve and, you know, get your life back after identity theft, right? And, and so, so, right, we, we really live it. And you, were inspired because of what you lived through. You want to share a little bit about that? Right. It all starts with a story, a very powerful event in my life back in June of 2012. And I had been a rehabilitation counselor helping people who were much more isolated and lonely than I was for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd help people find homes, find jobs, find support networks who, you know, who had, might have had a very severe mental illness or been homeless or had a brain injury or been a veteran. Mm. I worked with really some of the loneliest folks out there, and I thought mm. I was sort of really great at getting people connected. That was my claim to fame. That's mm. how I made my living. Right. And that's what a rehabilitation counselor does. We get folks back into the swing of life, back into feeling that that we can contribute to society and be a part of a community. So that all said, the most amazing thing happened to me at 58 years old. I'd been living in Maine and had a very quiet life, and I'm pretty introverted, and I was perfectly happy just having two friends, you know, a very quiet life. I had already written my first book. I loved cats. I loved beautiful walks on the coast of Maine. I really mm. liked my quiet little life. Mm. But there's this thing. 
<laughs> when sometimes we have a crisis and we realize one or two folks ain't going to cut it. <laughs> right. I was far away from my family back in Virginia, which is where I'm originally from. I thought I was doing great, you know, who, you know. Right. So I had a hysterectomy. I had a cancer scare. And uh, I had lined up a couple of those two precious friends to help me out. Right. And I ended up in the hospital the day after the surgery with an IV wrapped around me. I'm groggy mm. and expecting my friends to show up late that day, maybe take me home. Let's see what the nurse says. Right. And I got a text message. Oh, God. Yeah. I got it. I mean, I could barely pick up the phone and I read that my friends had texted me saying, oh, my gosh, there's been a family emergency and we cannot come today Mm -hmm. and i've tried to line up a friend and she should be calling you but it was the most let's say vague message and i tried to figure out who this person was that was supposed to pick me up and that person never showed and i just ended up getting discharged from the hospital and having to sit out in the lobby for a you know, I, I mean, well into one in the morning, mm. and I felt so lonely. Mm. And I kept thinking, my God, how can this happen to somebody who's got all these friends, uh, who had already written a book and had all these colleagues, mm. you know, had a, you know, I, I'd been a counselor. I, I said, what am I doing sitting here in this lobby um, with no one to pick me up from the hospital, nobody to take care of me, and I'm sort mm-hmm. of like begging to right. say, well, can you help me, you know, calling people, Horrible. and Facebook wasn't much help. I was way too embarrassed and humiliated to right. put my stuff out there like that and say, you know, so I realized how ashamed I felt. That was a major oh. feeling I felt, and and I'll you know fast forward just a little bit. I felt really bitter also that, that people could just not care enough to right. show up for you. I, I, I went through a lot of really powerful feelings. And to make a long story short, the only thing I could think of to do was to write in my journal and try to find some compassion. And what struck me was that, you know what? I am so ashamed of being lonely and saying this is the thing that's really an epidemic in the United States, actually around the world. We are ashamed to admit that we don't have the support we need. We're ashamed to say it's not just about lonely, but isolated. Isolation means you lack contact with others, Mm. and it can be for external reasons as well as internal reasons right and you know what was a comfort or both like what we're going through now right it's external and internal right so um a light bulb went off in me and i started reading all this research and aarp has a great program for people over 50 called the effect to connect studies i mean excuse me connect to effect studies that's what it's called so you want to know something. I found a great deal of comfort, believe it or not, by reading research about loneliness and isolation and realizing, you know what? I was not the only one going through this. Right. That there was an epidemic of this that 53% of Americans actually admit that they're lonely much of the time mm-hmm. and that one out of three of us 
actually feels that they don't have any meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. And one out of five of us says they have no one they can count on for things like my situation, to pick Mm -hmm. them up from a hospital. One out of five Americans. Terrible. So I started realizing, Val, why don't you write about this? There were a lot of people out there like you. And I was able to find compassion for myself and realize I had to be an advocate and stand up for people who are isolated by lacking social connection. So I became an advocate and I became um, compassionate instead of ashamed. And so I started writing about that experience. And that was the turnaround that I wanted my message to be. Thank you for hearing my story. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think it's really beautiful. I almost think that God chose you to have to go through this so that you could be the one to share so that you could help other people. I'm a real believer in that when something devastating like that happens, that it's like, okay, this is your job. Right. <laughs> and, right. And you can't, you can't sometimes like you, you, you teach best what you need to learn. Exactly. I became the person I couldn't find for myself. I wrote yes. the book I right. could not find. Right. 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 And, and that's pretty much what I've done with my books. <laughs> so, yes. so I can yes. really relate to that when I, when, you know, when I, when a woman stole my identity and no one could help me and they thought that, you know, I should be able to be fine. I'm a lawyer, you know, and that no one would help. That's when I ended up saying, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do because I I yeah. lived it and and the same thing you know with with my other book on on uh, fighting for love turned conflict into intimacy I also had to show how you get through conflict in a relationship you know how do you do that because I had to do that so <laughs> so yeah, nobody you know, gives you a no- manual and <laughs> and I quickly learned that the world does not come to you somehow you have to find whatever it is inside yourself to give support in order to get that support. You've got to be the one who generates and takes action because it's not going to happen by itself. It's not going to come to you. And that was hard to get past because I thought, oh, gosh, I'm so, how dare I think, you know, (laughs) I can go out there and start rebuilding friendships and rebuilding groups Mm. and take charge when I'm the one who was sort of abandoned, you know. So that was a... Um, but I did find that going to support groups was a great way to find people who had been isolated by the same things I was isolated by. Yes. And I noticed that I found a great theme for my book, and I found 15 other people, by the way, to help write their stories of isolation right. in my book. I didn't want I a whole that. book, just a memoir. Right. I wanted to include other people's stories and show what we all had in common. Yes, and I thought that was very, very yeah. powerful, too, that you interviewed them and you put their stories in there. Exactly. <clears throat> you know what I the do over- think? Yeah, <clears throat> is- the overriding message, though, was that not only do we have to give support and put it out there in order to build opportunities to get <clears throat> back the support, right. we have to generate it, but also what really, really affected me was that I noticed that people who were isolated by the same things I was, such as having an illness or having a lack of money or being single or being a woman in her 50s or 60s who's single, the more I found people who were isolated by the same things, guess what? I built community with that. Right, 
Right. So I learned the things that isolate you can be turned into ways to build community. Exactly. And one of the things that I think is really pretty wonderful is these online meetups, because I know this woman who works at our office became a widow, you know, in her 50s. Beautiful, beautiful, sweet person. And she was pretty devastated because her husband died suddenly. And she she was really in a bad way. And I just kept talking to her and talking to her. I said, you know, why don't you join a meetup? You know, and sure enough, she joins this meetup and it it was for hiking. You know, we have a lot of beautiful places to hike in Southern California. And so her leader also was single (laughs) and she's now in this wonderful relationship with him, which is great. And then, uh, you know, telling you about my prayer partner, but she joined a meetup for golf and, you know, really wonderful friends. So. That's one thing about being online is you can join these meetups. Of course, now with what's been going on with the coronavirus, you can't join with too many people together. But I think what I think people have to really connect. And I am worried about um, the internet because it's like a false sense of connecting. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And especially well, we the young people, you know? We have to really check in with ourselves and admit to ourselves. I wrote about this in my book that, yes, it's a great tool, but it's not a replacement for real no. human connection. It's, it's a wonderful device to get us connected. But what happens to that magic of right. just those, do you call them warm fuzzies? You know, just those yeah, good vibes yeah, of yeah, being yeah. in the presence of somebody. You know, we... we we are really going through a time with COVID that we can't always have that, but at least, again, be compassionate and be honest with yourself and say, you know what, of course we are really deprived of that right yeah. now. Let's take charge and say, you know what, we're lacking that, and let's don't try to you know, talk ourselves into the false belief that we're going to make up for that you know, that it's really going to be the only answer. It's a helpful thing to use our online connections, but we've got to keep in mind if we're feeling depressed, if we're feeling more anxious, if we're feeling just unsettled and not quite ourselves, remember we're going through the grief of losing that type of connection with people. So we've got to remind ourselves we're going through a huge loss and a lack of human contact that we're used to having. And even if we get out there and social distance, it's still not at all the same. No. So I think it's really important to, to acknowledge it and don't try to stuff it under, under the rug and kind of whitewash it with a bunch of, if you like, I call it simplistic positive thinking. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh, don't worry. Social media will take care of all yeah. our problems. Oh, yeah. Zoom will Zoom yeah. your problems no, you away. Just... We have got to own and say, this is sad. Yes. This is hard. And we need good people to talk to about it and be honest about it because we can't just, you know, we're human. And, you know, I think it's very important what you just said. And I want to Thank point you. it out again and also and kind of. Yeah. amplify that we are all Yay. going through grieving. Yes. And, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross has that whole pattern of grieving. You know, first you're in shock. We were all in shock, 
right? When, yeah. when we're, suddenly, yeah. you know, we're all shuttered up all over the darn world, right? <laughs> I think we were in more shock in March and April. Yes, I don't think yes. it hit us too much till, you know, it took a few weeks. Right. Because, you know? well, we were in denial, right? Isn't that what right. happens when That's you're in normal. shock? We were just, we were so busy going, what the hell am I going to do that we didn't yeah. even have time yeah. to know what we felt? Exactly. <laughs> and then people, you know, and then it doesn't always go in, in that you know, that same, you know, circle of grieving, right. but, you know, then everybody got angry, then we get depressed, you know, then we right. get angry again. And right, then it doesn't get... go in any order. <laughs> sure right, <doesn't>. right, right, <laughs> and, and we don't even know what really the new normal will be. We're in a, in a stage of evolution. So every one of us are going through a form of loss, and yeah. and a, and a lot of it has to do with what you're talking about is this you know this disconnect this separation yeah. that we have and uh, we don't know what this all means you know or, or how to even deal with it but it's it's a time to really like you had to go within and you you know when you didn't get picked up at the hospital and you had to well you finally did get picked up thank god but you know but when right. you, <laughs> but i mean oh. you're still not there so um, <laughs> but i mean you had to go within and journal right and i think people who are just complaining about that they can't do this and they can't do that and they don't want to wear a mask or whatever it is instead of like going within and kind of like what you did to like what is this all about and and then you got creative from it, you know? Well, we might not be able to explain what it's all about. We might not be able to see the big picture. So I believe in accepting that we have to be a little bit humble sometimes, but that doesn't mean we don't take charge. Right, but and I meant, like, what does this mean to me? really you know. helps me a lot. Yeah. And I put it out there as... I looked at what it is inside us that mobilizes us, that motivates us to reach out to others and go beyond ourselves and our terrible, terrible situations in ourselves. Mm. See, I realized there were people out there who were probably at least as isolated as I was, and you can't see it. You, it's not apparent. So like people who seem friendly and nice, they might have you know two kids at home and an abusive husband and they're busy, isolated, taking care of, you know, the kids, and they don't even have their job that they used to right, have. You right. know, they're missing their jobs. They're stuck at home. They've got maybe a nasty personality they have to live with stuck at home. We right. don't see these things. So I really encourage people that when we're being compassionate for ourselves, it can't help but become like an advocate for everybody else that's in similar situations. And and it's it's really uh, I was reading this just today in the paper about the huge um, increase in suicides and it's starting you know, to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and a lot of young people just don't you know. I mean, first of all, none of us in this lifetime have experienced a pandemic like they did in nineteen nineteen. I think there's a few people that are still around, you know, but right. but. You and I haven't experienced it, and of course, the young people haven't experienced. So, but I, I think that that isolation and just being like you talked about shame uh, of being yeah, we, lonely, I think yeah. that also causes people to consider suicide. And we lost our our grandson well, to, we go, to that. Why don't we have more people in our life? When you're stuck 
at home with coronavirus and you live alone and your whole business has, you've lost your business or God forbid, you know, you lost your job and all you've got is yourself sitting there. You might not even have a cat or a dog to hold. And I have lived it myself and I know it during COVID, it magnifies that situation for people. So what to do, please reach out and believe it or not, even if you feel helpless and powerless and lonely, there are people who are more lonely out there than you are. And one of the best things you can do is to either volunteer or reach out and help people in your community, which you can do virtually. There are ways to volunteer through the phone and virtual online ways. If you get on volunteermatch.com, believe me, they're dealing with people who want to volunteer virtually. My point is that if we do something to help others, a lot of times that'll pull us out of our loneliness, anxiety, funk, if you like, of feeling just um, useless, purpose without purpose. So volunteering can give us purpose, especially if we're not, you know, if we lost our jobs or we're... Uh, lost a business, you know, we need a little routine, we need a little sense of normalcy, we need a little bit of sense of purpose. So doing something to help others, whether you're making face masks at home, I know my housemates downstairs making lots of face masks. Right, right. And, um, And, you know, I'll tell you, a lot of people... It helps to have something like that. (laughs) I know, when you were talking about a pet, you know, when my one of my friends was just so lonely and she had lost her dog about two years ago. I said, why don't you foster a dog? Yes. And she did. And she just felt so much better and it got her out to walk the dog. And then, you know, then she, she was all depressed again because actually he got adopted. But, but oh, I know, no. I know, I know. Oh. I, said, I said, you know, why didn't you adopt him? You know? And she said, because, she really wasn't ready where she was living to really adopt him. So, but anyway, but yeah, adopting a dog, fostering an animal, uh, that's really a great thing. And then I was telling you about the meetups. There are meetups that can meet. Yeah. And, you know. Calling your local senior center. A lot of seniors love phone calls. There's a great program I was reading about um, in Pennsylvania. There, there's so many good programs out there to connect with, to reach out to others. It will take you a little bit out of your own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hard if you're an introvert, like you said, you were an introvert, and I know my daughter is an introvert. And, you know, my son, I would never worry about him because he would always just find some way to meet people. But but when you're, you have to, you really have to push yourself a little bit if you're an introvert. Otherwise, you could really get stuck in that, that yeah. you know, like like you said, you love to walk along the beach in Maine, and you liked your solitude, and you and your cat could commune. Yeah. But yeah. but when you realize it, it's really not healthy. You have to mm-hmm. break out of that, and yeah. right. And it doesn't have to be with lots of people. If you're no. introverted, you can share. There are online sites for sharing stories and support with others online that yeah. want to hear from you, that you can offer advice or wisdom to others. Um, there are many ways to share yourself and volunteer your time and give yourself a sense of purpose, mission, causes. Look at all the people who were fighting for Black Lives Matter. Look at, you know, I found it astounding I mean, I'm not trying to take sides politically at all, but a political cause or a 
common cause uh, right. and that, we have... that gets you united with other people. I mean, look at all the folks who came out of the woodwork. Yeah, and I'm like, not like to minded. Guys. I'm just saying, it's yeah. quite an obvious thing. I wondered to myself how many of these millennials and Generation Z folks, most of them seem to be under 40 out there walking, were, you know, they may have been really hungry for a sense of purpose, too, and what a better, you know, they yeah. found the cause. So I think people are hungry to be part of a cause, be part of a sense of purpose, and um, we can also create that for ourselves. We can start our own groups. Like exactly. You start your own meetup. Start a Facebook watch party. Hey, yeah, everybody and, loves, you know, you know, movies with, you know, yeah, <laughs> Meryl part- Streep. We're going to have a Meryl Streep fest on yeah. a watch party on Facebook. You know, there are all kinds of ways to, you have to be the one who's willing to get it started and start it yourself. If it ain't out there, again, our theme from the early conversation and what we were talking about is yeah. make it happen if, if it's not out there. Yeah. You know? Val, we got to go. Would you believe wow. we're just, I know, we're just out of time. I just want to mention your book again by Val Walker, 400 Friends and No One to Call, Breaking Through Isolation and Building Community. She has great suggestions in here, wonderful things, and it's time to go. So just give your website and we got to go. Yes, my website. It's pretty easy. It's just my name, Val Walker, author. So it's valwatherauthor.com. Um, please read my latest blog on psychology today. I just wrote about connecting with your long lost connections. And okay. How great that can be. So okay, thank we got to go. Having me. All right. Great. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Join us every Monday morning right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.